morning. Jesus' name this morning. Enjoy the Sunday school hour. So as I was considering what to share this morning, it wasn't until yesterday morning I went to the refrigerator and this paper was hanging on the refrigerator. Yep, got it. That's the artwork of Declan. I'm not sure what prompted him to do it, but it was sticking on the fridge. Until that point, I did not know what I was going to do. Be still and know that I am God. Turn to Psalms 46. I don't know, I just find looking at Psalms to be encouraging. Simple to understand. It's not necessarily deep. I'm going to read the entire psalm, but my meditation this morning is going to revolve around verse 10. But I want you to pay attention to, as we read this psalm, how it flows. Psalms 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with a swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall be made glad, the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her in that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolation shall he hath made in the earth? He maketh the wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Let's build a little context here. If you followed the flow of this psalm, the first nine verses are speaking to us kind of in a third person. But then in verse 10... There's a switch, and a switch to the first person. It's spoken as by God, written as the personal expression to his people. I see in this verse, verse 10, two action words, be still and to know. What's it mean to be still? Those that hunt, 
What does it mean to be still? Mothers with children, little children. What's it mean to be still? I'm not talking about your little toddlers that are making all kinds of noise and wiggling on your lap. I'm talking about a baby that might be sleeping and you want everything to be quiet and to be still. Children, what does it mean to be still? Christians, what does it mean to be still? On an occasion, I didn't see any this year, at least I didn't pick up on any, but once in a while in Chicago, we will see a mime that is painted in silver or gold, and they're posing as a statue of whatever, and they are standing there, and they are very still. And you look at them, and you look at them, and you stare them up and down, and you try to figure out, is this real or not? Usually they got thick black glasses on so you can't see their eyes. But they do a very, very good job of being still. I don't believe that's what this verse is talking about, that we need to be that kind of still. I did find it interesting. I just Googled it quick. What is the salary of a mime? As of November 5, 23, the annual income of a mime is 110700 I think I'm in the wrong business. That's for being still, not moving. The word be still in the English dictionary can mean not moving and being quiet. But you know, I believe God is a friend of quietness. When there's lots of noise, or when the noise is gone, that's where we find God. Wasn't it Elijah that God spoke to in a small voice? He had that conquest there on Mount Carmel. I think turn this I think it's first Kings nineteen. So Yeah, he had the conquest there with the the prophets and then the rain came. Then Elijah had to escape because of Jezebel. Um, I think it's in verse 12, yeah. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And I think prior to that also, um, it talked, okay, a wind, a strong wind that rent the mountain, breaking in pieces the rocks thereof, the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. So these great things that make lots of noise, God wasn't there. And it was after that that God came in a still, 
small voice. I found it interesting that in that Psalms 46 as well, um, talked about the mountains um, not laying my eyes on it right now uh, verse 3 though the waters thereof roar and be troubled though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof um, I found it interesting that just was it Yesterday, or Friday, that there in Iceland, there was 1,400 earthquakes reported in one day. That's a lot of activity. The mountains were moving, causing the people, the tourists, to scramble. God wants to talk to us, but we have to be ready and available to listen. We need to be free from that outside noise, the turbulence, if we're going to hear that small, still voice. Some of the noise we experience could be blocking our ability to hear. Maybe it's fear, maybe it's worry, maybe it's anxiety, maybe busyness of our life. Thoughts, the anxious thoughts that we have could be blocking that voice. It's stated that we have up to 50,000 thoughts a day. Are those thoughts constructive? When we learn to change our thoughts from fear to faith, that's when we are able to feel God's love because we are in harmony with Him. We're connected. We're in tune. Isaiah thirty fifteen. And quietness and confidence is your strength. People tend to get intimidated by quietness. And I could be one of them sometimes. You know, there could be that awkward moment where silence just is too long say something don't like those awkward moments I had to learn when I related with Christie's dad Malin that there was long pauses and you had to give those long pauses if you wanted to hear something. His response to Christy after I called to get my okay to date her was, Wow, he talks fast. And I, well, of course, I probably did because I was nervous. <laughs> but sometimes we need to pause. Allow that quietness and that Silence. Was it yesterday morning when it was quiet in the silence of the house that I walked to the refrigerator and this verse popped out? 
I want you to think about nature. The trees, they make noise, but they make noise because the wind blows through the trees, right? We don't necessarily hear the trees growing. The trees grow in silence. God created it that way. Flowers, grass, do you hear them growing? Now, on a really nice hot day, you can go out in a cornfield, you can actually hear corn grow. But that's not hard pressed, but it's a good thing. But most things grow in silence. What about the, the stillness of the stars, the moon, the sun? They move in silence. You can hear the voice of God when silence reigns in the mind. In the silence of the heart, God speaks. Prayer is an appointment with God. Out of the quietness with God, power is generated that turns our spiritual reality of our life. As we communicate with God and pray, that's what drives, that's what gives us energy and, and turns the juice on. Think of it this way, maybe. I thought of this illustration, uh, a generator that makes electric. I mean, a generator is useless if it doesn't have a power source whether that's an engine or a battery or whatever that needs the power of that generator to be there to supply energy when the line is cut. It's as that source of power is applied to that generator and it starts to turn, generating the juice that you need to bring warmth, light, whatever it is that you power that sustains life, that you... Uh, are able to do something. So, with Christians, we're like generators. As we tap into the power of God, does that start turning and going through us and providing light and warmth to those around us? If you face God in prayer and silence, God will speak to you then you will know that you are nothing. Just like Elijah. You know, he was human. He had that mountaintop experience there. And now here he is running for his life. And he thought he was the only prophet left. It was discouraging. God had to speak to him and remind him that there was more prophets that had that were faithful. It's only when we realize that we're nothing, that we're empty of ourself, talked about in Sunday school, pride, emptied of that, that God can start filling. us with him. Souls of prayers are souls of great silence. 
thought of this illustration as well. If you look at water during a storm, can look very um, stormy, tempest, whatever. Can't even think of the word I want to describe it. Tempoliest. Is that a word? Um, it's churning. There's foam. There's waves. And if there's to be any reflection on that water, it's literally impossible because it's broken. But it's when the calmness of a perfectly calm day and there's no wind that that water lays perfectly still that you see the reflection. Have you ever seen the reflection where it was so perfect that you literally had to, as a picture anyway, which way is it? Is it upside down? Because it's so perfect. And I thought of it, that illustration is, how are we reflecting God as we reflect Him? Could it be the same for us? Granted, there will be times where we go through storms, but it's in that calm after the storm do we reflect God. In our trials, when we see the face of God, is it steady and is it bright? Think of the the earth as it rotates around the sun. I, I often, and I, I still catch myself doing this, but like the sun comes up, right? The sun rises, the sun sets. No, it's an illusion. The sun stays still, the earth rotates around the sun. So when morning comes, the earth, where I'm at, faces the sun. And daylight shines. At nighttime, this, where I'm at, the earth turns away from the sun and darkness sets in. So as we turn our faces toward God, God doesn't change, God doesn't move, but that's when the, the sunlight, His light can shine into us and we can feel that warmth. But if there's darkness, it's because we have moved. We have rotated and we are no longer in that light. If we choose to turn away from Him, the darkness of night will surely come. But we need to choose to face Him. First John 1 John 1.5 This is the message that we have heard from Him and declared to you. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. We can be comforted in letting go and resting in God to provide help and strength and safety. fruit of that, letting go, that righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever, Isaiah 32, 17. I'm listening to an audio book right now by John Berkey. It's a, Imagine the God of Heaven. It's a sequel or, or next second book or whatever. He did the book Imagine Heaven. Now this is Imagine God of Heaven. Reports a lot of the NDEs that people had in near-death experiences. And a lot of the correlation that 
um, or the accounts that people give refer to God and, and the encounter that they had with God when, when they went through their NDE. And people talk about it being warm and there being light and it just being out of this world. And I find it interesting. I just started the book, so I'm only at chapter 3. But God is interested in each one of us. So be still. I also found it interesting that in this, if you look at the Hebrew word of this be still, Rafa is the Hebrew word. And if you translate that into English, it means to slacken. So if you think of something slacken, it means I had a grip on it and I'm going to let it loose. So does that put a little different spin to this be still? Am I holding on to things too tightly? My life, my circumstances, am I trying to control everything that's happening around me? Do I need to just relax and let go? The next word is to know. To know that I am God means getting acquainted and acknowledging somebody. This is not knowing, this is not about knowing God, which we do good at that. But this is about knowing him personally. When we loosen up, we surrender, we begin to let go of those things. We're giving him access into our life. Philippians 3.10, Paul says this, I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship, the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to him in his death. Are we trying to know God with just our head knowledge? Or are we digging in deeper and going to a more personal level and wanting to know God in our heart? Do we know that He's sovereign? Do we know that He is in control? He is majestic, he is powerful, and he will lead us. And that prompts us to then be in awe of him. And I believe that as we know God, we also need to know who we are in Christ so that we can live our lives as God intended for us to live. Each of you have an identity. You re carry some form of identity. My thumb is a little bit beat up, but everybody has a different print on their thumb. You are 
thumb buddy. God created it that way. That would have been something I would have probably overlooked when I would have, if I was involved in creation. But a very delicate uh, piece of information. Are we, is our identity with Christ? And we looked at it in our Sunday school. Do we, there's two camps, love or hatred. Where's our identity? As we reflect on that, the more our behavior, and we're, we're moving with that identity, we reflect God's given identity in us. Understanding who we are in Christ will give us a strong foundation to build your life on. I believe that is a key, a success to the Christian life. And it gives us the purpose that we need to live on. Your, your identity doesn't depend on something that you do or have done. Your true identity is who you, who God says you are. Once you choose to follow Jesus, you have become a new creature, a new creation. The old things are passed away. The new things are now. You are part of his family. The more you know who you are in Christ, I believe the more your behavior is going to reflect that true identity. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Curtis, is that one of your favorite verses? Transform. The renewing of your mind. Change mind. Change heart. Change life. To live an effective Christian life, we need to know and believe who we are in Christ. We need to we need to experience that inner transformation by knowing and thinking and speaking who we are in Christ. And we need to train ourselves. This doesn't just happen overnight. But I believe it takes time. It takes growth. It takes perseverance there may be times where we will fall down we are human we still fail but we can still get up again and we can still move on we need to train ourselves to be renewed it is a transformation we need that 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 step but we still need to to work on it. God wants more than just you. 
He wants everything of you. And He can do something with you if you're willing to give Him your all, your whole life, your heart, mind and soul. I believe this is how we can come to know who God is. Our perspective of God, our view of God, has a lot to do with how we live our life. God wants us. God wants a relationship with us. God loved us so much that He made a way for you and me to have a connection, a relationship with Him. If we feel God is distant, who's at fault? Back to my illustration of the sun and the earth. Did we turn? We probably did. We need to turn back again. And we need to face the light, the sun, the light of God, if we want to continue in that direction. Closing, I want to read a poem by Janet Martin. He is a lover of my soul. In life and death, he is in control. His love and mercy has no end. He is an everlasting friend. He is my strong hold. He helps me stand. He is my rock. He is my right hand. He is my shield, my fortress, my stay. More precious than gold, unfailing always. Do you know him? He who will bless the seekers of his righteousness. He is my shepherd. I am his sheep. He is my comforter when I weep. He is the vine. He is the salvation, the beginning, the end, the God of creation. From everlasting to everlasting, the living bread within my fasting. He is the way, the truth, the life. He is the hope within my strife. He is the Father, kind and tender. Do you know him? my soul defender. He is my deliverer. He is my king. He is my boasting. He is my wing. He is my refuge, my strength, my song, my help in trouble, my cornerstone. He is holy. He is judge. And his decree will never budge. He is the lion and the lamb, Alpha and Omega, the great I am. He is the thunder. He is a dove. Do you know this, God of love? He is my defense. He is my light. He is my day within my night. He is my healer. He is my grace. He is my reaper. We are, we all will face. He is humility, glory, and power. He is undefeated in his darkest hour. Conquer, victor. He is head of both the living and the dead. He is the bright and morning star. Do you know him, this dear Savior? Do you know the one who died, the one who, ple- who pierced hands and sighed? Do you know the one who bore the whole world's sin whilst he wore? Upon his, bow- upon his brow a thorny crown, as crimson love and tears flowed down, do you know the one who cried, It is finished, as he died? To set the captive sinner free and to give us life abundantly, do you know him, 
this Holy One, Jesus Christ, God's precious Son. Do you know this friend of sinners who's tran- who transforms losers into winners? Do you know this God of love? He's down below. He's up above. He holds the world within his hand. Do you know his love so grand? Do you know him and all you do? I dearly hope so, for he knows you.